Hi, this is Dr. Shane, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Einstein Gogo, a weekly radio show exploring the wonders of science and its impact on the world. Broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via Einstein Gogo's Twitter account or Facebook page. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Einstein and Gogo. I'm Dr. Shane. Thanks for tuning in to an hour of science on 3RRR. It is my great pleasure to introduce our guest for today. He's a repeat offender. He's been on the show before. Peter Hitchener. Good morning. Oh, Dr. Shane, thank you very much for having me back. It's only taken 25 years. <laughs> I'm so thrilled. My I'll tell you what, I've been so nervous about this because... You and your audience know a lot about science. I'm a huge fan of science, but as far as knowing about it, nah, not at all. I'm afraid <laughs> I'm very much a lay person. So I thank you for having me on the show, oh, look, nonetheless. It is an absolute pleasure. I'm not sure what you did wrong that led to the 25 <laughs> no, I was year just gap. stirring you up. I'm thrilled to be invited <laughs> back. Thank you very much. And I think um, to give our listeners a bit of a, a sort of insight, uh, it was back in the old days of the old station. It so was. we were we were down further towards That's the right. city, yep. and you probably came up that rickety old staircase <laughs> no, off the laneway. <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> at which point, most guests at the time were like, uh, "Someone's playing a joke on me. Uh, this can't be a real radio station because <laughs> it was this." Oh, it's a real radio station, yeah. and it's, it was then, and it certainly is now. And now, of course, it's most salubrious. You've got electronic stuff downstairs to get in through. You don't have to climb a rickety staircase and hope yeah. you don't fall off. Yeah, it's marvelous. Yeah, and we can see you. You know, we've got monitors. Yes. We can see everything that's yes, going see on. What's and stuff doing. It's, mm. it, it, it's very interesting. But um, now, of course, you you hold the the center seat, at Channel Nine uh, these days. Still. Oh, yes, yeah. that's right. Yes, uh, yes, that's true. I. I I'm actually uh, celebrating my 50th year with Nine this wow. year. It joined in 73. In, in, uh, I, I grew up interstate and uh, joined Channel Nine in Sydney in 73, came to live in Melbourne in 74, and discovered this glorious, wonderful, fabulous city yep. and the state. And oh, love it. So, so lucky that that's what happened in my, what? In my life and in my career. What do you get for 50? A car? <laughs> I, th- I think we get drinks one afternoon <laughs> after the news. <laughs> I think that's it. I would have thought they'd roll out, you know, because there was a oh, time in the television oh, where they were yes. giving out new cars. Oh, it's a so, good idea. Uh, the, yes, the good old days, the yeah. golden days. So, oh, yes. The, was it the, the Price is Right days? You know, yes, they, they just, right. they're just handing it's out cars every week. Car. <laughs> you think, wow. Yep. So, you know, you think there was something at the back they could. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we digress. Now, we're going to spend the next uh, 55 minutes or so talking about aspects of your career and how you've encountered science. And, and what that's meant, because oh. I think you know, it's one of these things where, for those of us who are, who are scientists, we um, we have a certain interaction with you know with the science world every day. Mm. Um, but for those who aren't scientists, you know, you, you get that information in a, in a variety of ways, and you've mm. been one of the, those pathways for people to Indeed. to get science for yes. for many years. So lucky, so yeah. lucky, because science is, is something that has fascinated me uh, as an outsider uh, since I was a kid. And um, I'm not sure if anyone listening uh, was actually around in the 50s, the 1950s, but uh, we awoke uh, one day to the news uh, that was on all the media, which in those days was newspapers and radio, and that was it, um, that that an artificial moon had been launched. The artificial moon. What? What is this? And uh, and then that night on the on the radio, or that day on the radio news, you got to hear 
this, which was a radio signal from this artificial moon. We'll see if it plays. Yeah. It, of course, was Sputnik, the, the, uh, the satellite, the Russian satellite. And, uh, and at night time, we grew up in the country, at the night time you'd go out and watch as this thin, this tiny speck of light made its way across the sky because it was in orbit around the world mm. and mm. around the earth. And I thought, oh, wow, how good is that? And uh, I think, uh, so uh, this is interesting when you describe that because Sputnik was tiny. Oh, tiny, and and yes. it says something about the the levels of light pollution that you grew up with, which yes. are almost non-existent. Non-existent. That's exactly right. The the night sky it didn't have the kind All of the things that it's got <laughs> now. There was one Sputnik, and we were amazed at this artificial moon. Uh, now, of course, there's probably more activity up there than there is down here on Earth. But mm. never mind. Um, it was it was fascinating, and and. Uh, uh, another th- leap of scientific discovery or achievement around the same time was, I can remember as a kid, about the same age, lining up, and we had to drive into the, the nearest town, which mm. was about 30 k's away, lining up for our Salk polio vaccine. Right, yeah. Because yeah. up until then, um, oh, you know, the, 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 yeah. the, the fear of polio was, uh, was something that I think all parents had for their kids and... Uh, and it all changed with that with that vaccine. So I thought, mm, science is pretty good. And I've been lucky because I've had an opportunity to report on science without, yeah. Yeah, yeah. without yeah. actually knowing <laughs> a and, lot and about were, it. And so, so back in those, I mean, you were in school. Yeah, uh, you know, primary you were school. Primary school. So yeah, you were yeah. 10, 11 years old. About age. 10, 11. Yep. And, I mean, what, what, was the, what was the vibe at that point here oh. in Australia? You, you're in Queensland, I think? Yes, Queensland. Yeah. It's yep. country Queensland. Country Queensland. Mm. What was the vibe? Because, I mean, obviously, in the US, it was very different. This was a, this was a huge loss to US pride yes. that the Russians managed to do this That's first. That's right. It led to the space race and, yeah. and then to another, that, you know, the one yeah. small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And that was a little bit late. 69 that was but mm. but I think uh, we were aware of the space race but the fact that this had happened and nobody quite knew what it was mm. what it was going to uh, foreshadow what it was going to lead to but the fact that it had happened uh, and of course the Americans were you know yeah. were, were you know hot on the heels of the of this and determined to uh, you know outdo it I suppose but I just thought it was fascinating to, yeah. to watch and and I would urge anyone if you have time but please wait until midday before you do this um, <laughs> jump onto YouTube and have a look at some of the the videos of uh, there's a video of the Sputnik being being prepared and put together I th- I'm pretty sure it was just simulated for the camera but it's of that era yeah uh, and it's really is it's like a, a basketball only about Three, t- three or four times bigger than a basketball, and that's it. With with um, four spikes coming out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. How amazing! Oh, yeah. oh I just I was just in awe of of that, and uh, you know now we know what, what all the things that that has led to along yeah. the way. Yeah, it's incredible when we think about that. As you say, there being just that one signal, very simple mm. that you played mm. coming from space, yeah. and what that, that meant, was it. Yep. and that pulsing, you know, meant something quite substantial to yes. to a lot of people. In, in and and you say, you know, this was radio and, and print news. So, yes. um, how much of a like was was the news coming in on the day um, for that, or was it delayed substantially? I think uh, I think it was pretty much on the day. It was mm. it was pretty much breaking news. Um, 
you know, it felt. Although, See, uh, when you, a, when you say me. breaking news, I just it, it just it, it, <laughs> yes. it seems different. Like well, if I say it, it sounds different. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But I, I think it, I got a sense that everybody stopped, and yeah. was, everyone was gobsmacked by this yeah, at yeah. the time. Um, I'd, I'd love to know. If, um, we'll see on, on Twitter or somewhere whether others have similar recollections. Anyone who yeah. was around at the time yeah, have similar recollections of it because it, for me, was just remarkable. And then, you know, we we saw the the space race. We saw Challenger. Mm, you know, all sorts some, of things. Going all on. sorts of yeah. things. But but the next thing that I will never forget was the moon landing. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Oh, it was remarkable, and and yeah. again, I was by then that stage. I personally was uh, I was working in uh, television, and and I was interstate, so I worked at the ABC then, and uh, got to introduce oh, wow. the, their coverage for the Queensland audience of of that the moon landing. Yeah. Of course, you know what I did yeah, was gonna... nothing. I just said, "Here we go," but, but yeah. it's it's just a, a yeah. moment I'll never forget, and and the you know the. Neil Armstrong and the, and the team. The whole thing, mm. yeah. Wonderful. Now, let's, Wonderful. let's just go back uh, a little bit before we, we sort of dive into, because I, I want to talk to you a lot about some of these in, in more detail. Sure. The, so you're 11 years old, you see yeah. Sputnik. Yeah. I mean, wh- where did the career go from there oh. in, terms of, in, in terms of you <laughs> starting on radio and oh, stuff? Yes. Because, you know, at, th- at that point in time, you know, like uh, news anchors don't, don't usually come, you know, start the first day in, you know, no. country Queensland. <laughs> no. Um, so, so what was the pathway that sort of oh. led you in? Because oh. it's, it's something, you know, in my case uh, here, I was, um, I was asked on as a guest back in 1993, I think it was. And whoever um, did that did, did didn't the, destroy the industry it. a service. <laughs> well, it didn't destroy the interview and I got asked back. So, mm. you know, that, that's, that's where it happened. But, yes. but you know, like, where, where did it start for you? Well, um, let me think. I... Growing up in the bush, uh, my sister and I uh, needed or had to go to a boarding school because we didn't have a secondary school close by. So I went from a school of uh, 18 kids, one classroom, one teacher, all grades prepped to grade eight. That's a teacher. Oh, boy. (laughs) Watch those. (laughs) I don't know how the teacher managed to maintain control, but I remember him saying at times, my cane will be flying around grade five if you two don't shut up. (laughs) Of course, the cane was never used. It was alluded to, but never used. Uh, And then to a boarding school where there were hundreds of kids, and I wasn't quite sure what to do, but I had always been interested in news, which... You know, the radio news was instant. The newspaper news arrived two or three days later. Yep. So, so I, and that somehow or other I got into broadcasting and, again, um, sort of by accident, just meeting yeah. somebody who said, oh, look, our station uh, is looking for a, a news person who has no experience and <laughs> can be paid <laughs> almost no money. Yep. And uh, that was 4BH Monitor News in Brisbane, and I got a job uh, not long out of school, yeah, and uh, that's sort of that's how it happened, and and uh, got and your report on yeah. on all sorts of things, on politics and on um, you know crime, all all the lo- all the, the the developing stories. You'd you'd interview people, then you'd go back and cut the tapes up, yeah, yeah. edit it all together, cut it up physically, yeah, with the physically cut it up, and, yeah, yeah. and the sticky yep. tape to put it all together, yep. and uh, broadcast it on on air, and it was uh, it was terrific. You got to learn about deadlines, and you got to learn yeah. about what people were interested in, and and uh, you know, covering LBJ's visit to Australia, we, I can remember. <laughs> Gosh, that's just—I don't know where that came from. That just popped into my brain. Then, uh, you know, do, doing 
being accredited for the visit and, and yeah. describing it to a breathless audience uh, as he drove through the, the, when, the city. And when you're on radio, so one of the things uh, my, my albeit Californian wife says to me is that I have a different voice on radio than I have at home. <laughs> Now, I probably should be asking your sister this, but, but she says that when I'm at home, I use a Aussie bogan voice, whereas when I'm – Liv's laughing here in the studio because uh, she, she knows me outside of here as well. Um, but when I'm on radio, I use a more refined oh, voice. Yes. Is, is this true of yourself, Peter? Have you well, been I, accused of having the two voices? I probably. <laughs> I'm not sure. I can, I can do a very good Bondi rescue voice if you want. Yeah, right. I park it over there. Uh, I can do that if you need me to, but um, – uh, yes, yeah, just try to be understood. I think is probably yeah. the idea, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting. And um, in terms of, so let's let's go. You, you start off in radio. Um, it's a yeah. big transition to television. television. People yes. often uh, don't sort of have a good feel for just how different things are. And Absolutely. and we do it the other way here, mm. where often our guests will come in and they say, oh, "I've done the few television bits." And I said, "Well, you know all these great visuals that you got to use." That's got to be replaced with explanation verbally now. Yes. It's a very different oh, game. Radio is so wonderful. Radio is so fascinating because it's your imagination mm. that's engaged, whereas, you know, things that we see on a vision. I mean, vision is wonderful, but yep. but a lot of the thinking is done for you, I think, by the fact that, you know, the pictures are there. You don't get to actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had six months, and then I was at the ABC, six, seven months at 4BH, and uh, again, just auditioned for the ABC because they needed somebody and got a job, and, and that's sort of what happened. That was history. Uh, mm, uh, well, not sure yeah. history, but, <laughs> but it, was, it was very exciting for, you know, for me and for my family. And, yeah. You know. and, and at what point did you relocate to Melbourne? 1974, I came to Melbourne, moved to Sydney in 73, joined Channel 9 in 73, 74 Melbourne so uh, you know it's been oh it's been a wonderful time yeah. and, and we've re- you report on all these great stories and they've been mm-hmm. you know sort mm-hmm. of you, you get to cover the everything everything yeah. that's yeah, going yeah. on that you you know that the we feel the audience is going to be interested in and, and it's yeah. going to be of service to them or, or yeah, indeed them. well Peter we're going to take a, a short break uh, and when we come back we're going to go through some of those those stories, those stories. That you've done oh, because of, you know I, I tell you what it's been fabulous because since we've d- d- decided you know we'll we'll do this interview yeah. uh, I've just gone back over the years and looked at you know the the stories we've covered and just thought back on the the you know things and thought oh now Shane will know about that he'll be able to tell me much more about the James Webb telescope for instance because you know I see those things that look like the photographs that look like this looks like an explosion and these are the pillars of creation or something I have no idea what it's all about so I'm looking forward to hearing from you if you don't mind sharing your wisdom I'll google all that during the break (laughs) I'll cut it out (laughs) we'll be fine All right, folks we're going to take a short break and we'll be back in just a moment you're listening to Einstein the Gago on 3RRR Triple R Uh, welcome back, folks. We are here on Triple R at Einstein and Gogo Time. I'm Dr. Shane, and in the studio with me is my guest today, Peter Hitchener, Channel 9 News presenter. Now, look, you know, we've heard a little bit about your life and, and, and where you've, you know, look, I don't know, Queensland, rural Queensland, mm-hmm. you know, it's still okay. Sydney, Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we were talking before about the, um, you know, some of the pieces of science that you've sort of presented, oh, and yes. the moon landings is one. We've had Gene yes. Cernan on the show, uh, so the last I, human to walk I, on the moon, which is well, pretty wild. That, and unbelievable. Uh, you, you just mm. think, 
It's for me. It's something that you still. I'm still just kind of shocked about yeah. that, that that can happen. That that it has happened. Yeah. So so you were there at the time, and of course you would have heard. You know, Walter Cronkite was everywhere. Yes, is that, is that right? right? I mean, yes. you would have been hearing the reports we had, from. We had Walter Cronkite uh, in the US. We had Eric Pierce, uh, Eric in Melbourne, yep. uh, doing the doing uh, the cross. Uh, you know, all, all the news organisations uh, yeah. went very big on it because it was the story Huge. of the century, I suppose, yeah. or one of them. Um, and since then, there's been there's been quite a lot of uh, you know coverage of space events. The Hubble Telescope got yeah. a lot. Uh, James Webb Telescope, which you're an expert on, which <laughs> which I think it looks wonderful, and I have no idea quite <laughs> how far <laughs> into the past it looks, but I gather it's hundreds of millions of years, maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's well, older than bill- me. billions, billions and billions, billions of years. years yeah. Yeah. Billions. And so, um, you know all those sort of those great stories, and sometimes yeah. there's this. Oh, exciting stories like the one the um, I think it was called a Mau Mau, which was a, a a projectile that came from or or you know it's an interstellar object that came went past the sun and took off yep. and something uh, from outside from outside our solar, our solar system yeah. and uh, and it was a lovely story and it got a lot of coverage because mm. you know how is it that it's not it's not giving off the this kind of dust or ice or what you'd expect after it's been close to the sun uh, and all that sort of stuff yeah. and uh, and it's gone now of course yeah. that was 2017 yeah. so uh, yeah yeah fast gone. fast moving objects that, yes. that aren't captured by the sun that's that, right and in that case not a comet so it was no, it was a fabulous. big chunk of rock or something and people just, said yeah. <laughs> Some people said, oh, well, of course it's uh, aliens. aliens. And you looked at it and thought, well, it doesn't look like something that the Jetsons would have been seen in. It looks a bit lumpy for that, but anyway. Yeah, it was a sort of cigar, you know, a cigar that had been run over, <laughs> yes, as I recall. a few yeah. times and yeah. maybe just smoked a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, the, but I, I love the story again. I'm sorry, I'm just burbling on about stories that I've loved and enjoyed. Um, the one that was last year, NASA launched uh, a space craft i think it was uh, dart i think it was yep. n- named to bump an asteroid off uh, you know off course to see whether should should one be headed for earth whether we could avoid um, going the way of the dinosaur and uh, actually move it, and I just mm. thought that was fascinating. So, Great. That uh, again would be the first time. Yeah, and that, that was quite quite amazing. And, and uh, the interesting thing there too, of course, is that um, you probably saw, you may, may have seen in the news that both Hubble and the James Webb Telescope were pointed at this thing when it happened. So they they took you know various images, images of this of impact. Yes, and it was quite a you know big impact. Like yes. It was, um, and they did change the course of they this change small, the course of it. Small rock, and yep. it's not huge, but it was a. I think you know people think oh you know so you fired something into a rocket in space great that sounds great but if you think oh, of the no. just the mechanics and the oh yeah course corrections and the you know the, the ability to the do science that. and and the technology and being mm. able to do it was quite quite extraordinary just amazing what what's it like Peter when that sort of stuff comes in like how like describe your day like does someone ring you up in the morning and say hey Pete today you're going to do these stories <laughs> oh, no, like, what, what does it what's the day like well the day a lot of a lot of my day consists of um, talking about our, what what our stories are going to be uh, on other media, so it's on, right. on social media, yep. on radio, on all that sort of stuff. Um, I get to the station about lunchtime. The, the editorial meetings will have been well and truly underway be, before yep. then, but the day, uh, you know, is continuing to take shape, and uh, it, you know, there's all sorts of stuff. You know, the, the the idea of the bulletin has always been to be of service, to be of of interest to people mm. and to 
present information they might be interested in, they may not know about, and to do it accurately, fair, don't take sides, all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, and that's that's what we're you know committed to doing, and it's up to the audience, I suppose, to decide whether we achieve that. Um, and it's changed over the years. You know, when television came in, in again in '57, mm. but of course I was miles away from Melbourne when it when television arrived. Um, uh, but it was just it was the most stunning change in people's lifestyles right. in decades. Um, so much so that that early adopters of a television set would would have the neighbours in and they'd be watching from the test pattern, which was on in the afternoon, uh, with music playing and then the Mickey Mouse Club or whatever it was. And and so the poor house person used to have to have everything tidy and and the beds made and the scones and things ready to go because people would arrive and uh, and some people would go and um, sit outside uh, say veal's electrical store in bridge road richmond and look at the televisions playing the ins- yes yeah. inside yeah, yeah, the window <laughs> with with the audio piped out onto the street that's the way it was so back then television news was very formal and very um Oh, you know, Sir Eric would would yeah. opine uh, on things and look over his glasses, and he was wonderful. I worked with him later on. He was wonderful. And you've, you've touched on something there which you know, lives in our studio today, of course, doing our Twitter feed, and yes. you use the term test pattern. Oh, you wouldn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time, Liv, and I remember this, where you would get up in the morning, and these guys at the station, like Peter, they hadn't gotten out of bed yet, and there was a test pattern on, yet <laughs> yes. nothing to watch. And they were just broke. And then all of a sudden, at a, right, on the, right on the money, mm-hmm. 6 a.m. or whatever it was, the screen would change, and, yes. and the television would come on. That's so right. pre that, we had nothing to do, yeah. Liv. That's right. And, <laughs> and Liv, if you were up late at night after the Graham Kennedy show or something, uh, what would happen then is uh, the station would go to bed, um, <laughs> or put the audience to bed anyway. And so, so Eric would present uh, the headline news, uh, standing at a lectern and saying, good night, God bless you and you. And when he had done that, uh, there, was, uh, there was a little animated cartoon of a kangaroo taking a joey from its pouch and getting a, getting a blanket and wrapping it up in the blanket and saying, good night. <laughs> and then we went off air for the, until the next morning. Oh, wow. And then <laughs> until 6 a.m. Yeah. we came back on. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you couldn't watch TV all night, Liv. Wasn't no. like now. Oh no! And of course, <laughs> of course, there was no, uh, there was no social media. You know, smartphones were were not the, the thing that they are now. Online didn't happen. Mm. You know, this is all just a different era. The, um, and and people now, you can get your news and information wherever wherever you like. Um, mm. But uh, you know, I hope that there's still always a future for just free to air television news that's curated and. You know, you have a bit of an idea of, yeah. you know, where we're coming from, rather than rather than so. You know, I mean, there's so much stuff available online and uh, elsewhere, but um, you know, you're not, not sure, you know, who's published it or what their background is. Whereas, you know, yeah. I think, and, and that's one of the things, isn't it? Like, uh, we we had a scenario, you know, for me growing up, where there were a few trusted voices, you know, and, mm. and you were one, you know, oh, Br- Brian, you. Brian Naylor oh, Brian before Naylor you. was wonderful. I think yeah. what was the what was and the line Eric. Brian told me? Like Brian that was the marketing. Yes, that's right. Was that you know you could rely on that? That yes. was the the marketing was yep. about reliability. Yep. 
And so, you know, when we were watching things like, you know, I was only a kid with the moon land, well, you know, I wasn't there for the first time. But <laughs> I always say I, I, I disturbingly was uh, born, uh, you know, a certain number of months after one of the moon landings. Uh-oh. It might have been a celebratory, uh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway uh, yes, in, in the range. I was born in the Apollo <laughs> era. That's, that's, that's what I like to say. But, um, but, you know, for all that stuff early on, you know, that was, um, that was something that, you know, we relied on these particular mm. voices, and mm. now we're in a situation where, I suppose, people don't know where where to go for that reliability, and yes. it's it's that's, that's they challenging. Their, they make their choices about about that, but certainly during during the lockdowns, uh, the audience numbers audience numbers are still great. By mm. the way, yeah. it's, it's it's amazing how, you know, despite all the the other things that people can do, um, you know, we get get you know good solid audience uh, every night um but during covid especially when people were locked and locked down yep. down at home uh and we had bigger than usual numbers then because i think people were you know needing to find out the information about about lockdowns or vaccinations mm. or whatever was going on whatever the whatever the developments the stories yeah. of the day were so uh, mm. now, during the, now so during the lockdowns um yeah. i would <laughs> i would drive my car about uh, usually about a 20 25 minute journey um from my home to the yes. station here yes. I'd, I'd pass two cars um yes. i'm not sure if that oh, was you, you coming or going or, you know <laughs> from about, you know, there was like there was no one on the roads no. and i would get here to the station there's very few people here we were you know, we were operating in a in a very limited mm. fashion. Mm. Interviewed about three hundred people over Zoom. Zoom Didn't see yes. them in the studio, oh, which was very sad. You know, mm. because it's a very different experience. What What was that like um, for broadcast oh, news? Because similar. you know, it's a very detailed operation. Yes, that you're involved absolutely, with. and it's a big. It's a big team. I think we have about. I think it's been somewhere between ninety and a hundred people involved. Right. Wow. In getting the news ready, putting it to air. You know, sort of the technical jobs as well as the. Uh, the reporters and the camera mm. operators and the producers and the chiefs of staff and the boss and everybody else. Um, so what happened was um, we were segregated in terms of where we could and couldn't go in the station. I couldn't go into the newsroom. I wasn't allowed right. to go into the newsroom. Um, in fact, only the producers uh, and the, maybe the graphics department, but you know, there were very few people really allowed into the newsroom floor. Mm. I had to stay in my dressing room. <laughs> I was allowed into the makeup room briefly and into the studio, and that was it. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, the reporters were up on a different floor, and and some of the audio up, audio stuff we record uh, was done on, in the booth on another floor, and it was amazing. I can remember going into onto that floor, uh, which was above the reporters and mm. the newsroom. And the, there were no lights on. <laughs> right, just, yeah, yeah. All switched off, and you think, "Oh, wait a minute, where's the where's the booth again?" <laughs> um, you know, it, it just took a lot of getting used to. There was no, no traffic yeah. on the road, but we still managed to. We still managed to, um, I, you know, I hope provide a, a, a service to the yeah, audience. That's, yeah. that's what we planned. You know, that's what the idea was. Now, and, and I think, you know, for the, for the most part, it worked. I mean, I know people were very responsive to us and what we put out here on, yes. on Triple R. Yes. And, you know, we, um, we managed to not have any transmission at the station, which was amazing. And I always said to people, if you, you know, if, if someone gets COVID here, the station goes into lockdown mm. and you get music for 24 hours a day. Yes, <laughs> like, that's you know, right. we can't be broadcast. That's right. So the, the impact is very high. So we yeah. have to be very careful. Yeah. Peter, one of the things I, I teach a lot of um, communication training programs to scientists. Uh-huh. And one of the things I often say to them is, you know, have a look at newsreaders because they do something very special. They don't think about it a lot, but they do something that most of us can't do. And that is is they can read 
but it doesn't sound like they're reading to us. <laughs> oh dear, I don't know about that. And well, this is this is a skill you guys all have, and you don't and you don't realise that when you teach people to communicate, and oh. if they have to get up and give a speech, the ability to do that, read some text without it sounding like you're reading. And I know our audience. If I start reading stuff here, they'll know straight away I'm doing it because <laughs> it sounds because it sounds boring when I do it. But you guys all do that. Is oh, there is you, there man. a class or did you? <laughs> I don't know. Thank you. I've never thought about that actually because um, it's coming pretty fast, isn't it? I mean, you've got yes. the auto cue in front of you. Yes, you have the auto cue, but the auto cue goes at your speed. So right. if I speed up or slow down or make a mistake, and I do, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the person who's operating the prompter, yeah. Uh, Stays with me, so yeah. we've got, yeah, we've so got a wonderful. Fr- uh, the, uh, I'm, uh, sorry, I'm not meaning to be so self-indulgent talking about about my stuff all day, but thank you. Um, I, the, the team that we've got in the news in our new studio and in the newsroom, they're just wonderful, they're, mm. and and you always feel very supported. So, you know, we enjoy one another's successes. If someone beats us in Wordle, well, <laughs> never mind, <laughs> uh, or whatever it is, and. And uh, if so, you know, th- th- we're just lucky. Yeah. I'm just lucky. I think that's that's what what happens if you stay somewhere for fifty years. You're probably thinking, oh, actually, these people are very nice and yeah. they're nice to work with. I mean, I'd like to think if if I was there, I'd, I'd just use a, a bit of a dummy spit every now and then just to keep well, them on their toes. But oh, you no. don't you don't seem well, like no. the sort of person who oh, would do no, that. Oh no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, talk to the hand. Yeah, uh, I'll be in the Winnebago if you need me. Yeah, hitches yeah, no. here. Just, yes. Where's my yes, scones? <laughs> yeah. no. Oh no, doesn't work. No, I hope not. I, I, oh no, the, yeah. no. Uh, and the funny thing is, you, you know, you hear you hear that. Uh, that uh, the entertainment industry people are oh, throwing drama and oh, I'm being dramatic. <laughs> you, know, you never see it. Everyone's everyone just gets on and does what yeah. they have to do. Well, in your case too, because you're 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 the only part that the audience sees. So and you've got to get the support. Yes. Oh, in the reporters, but mm-hmm. you know, like for most of that that yeah. time, you know, the camera's on you, so you need that that support. I mean, yeah. how much how much information are you getting at that time? I mean, obviously you have the auto cue, but is there yes. are there other sources of information coming oh, to yes. you constantly? Yeah, you've got the the earphone uh, the earpiece so yep. uh, so the producer you know we'd, we'd chat to the producer all the all the way through it uh, not not on air of course yep um but I, i'm i'm uh i'm i have to say i'm a news junkie so i just i'm consuming news all the time right. reading it um you know reading the the uh, publications online you know just keeping up to date with stuff right. so i i'm you know, yeah. inter- interested in, it, in interested in it. It's a constantly changing landscape, and and it's something that you just that I just can't resist. So you know, at late yeah. at night, I'll be reading the Washington Post or the New York Times right. or the Guardian or whatever or the Age. Uh, you know, and it's it's sort of just one of those habits that goes on. You're obsessed with news. I'm afraid so, <laughs> and I, I I didn't realize it until until I. I if if somehow or other your phone's not working, or somehow or other yep. you're cut off from from online, you think, oh, "What am I going to do?" <laughs> Actually, Peter, just have a life. Go for a yeah, walk. Yeah, go Take for a, a walk. dog for a walk. <laughs> do something else. Yeah. All right, Peter. Well, uh, we're going to give you a moment here. I got to take a break <laughs> to play some important station announcements. So when we come back, though, we want to talk a little bit about how things have changed in the newsroom from a technological pr- sure. perspective. Because, yeah. oh, as has. you say, going from radio to today, it's a uh, to today, mm-hmm. it is a you know a, a, a lifetime of of technological changes that very some people much. have seen. Very much. Mm. All right, folks. We'll be back in uh, just a minute at uh, eleven thirty-six here on Triple R. You're listening to Einstein and Gogo.
Triple uh, you're listening to Einstein the Go-Go, folks. In the studio with me today is Peter Hitchener. We are just, we're just having a chat about news and science and things and uh, how it's all changed. Peter, mm. when, did, when, you, I mean, when you started, yes. I, uh, you know, I have this, this image of you know, the, the big old cameras, and they're actually they're yes, still as they big were. as they used to be, right? They're still pretty big. They are quite big, but uh, not anywhere near like they were they, because they were personed. Person, they, yeah. They were operated by a person right. who, uh, who pushed them around the studio, and yeah. these days they're, they're just, it's all done automatically. All right. So, mm. I mean, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. What, what has changed technologically oh, for you? Like, did, was, were you reading off paper in the old days, or was yes. it still auto We didn't have prompters. Uh, it was yeah. just reading off paper. But it was interesting in how the news was covered, because uh, I, was, um, I was doing television news during the Vietnam War. Yep. And so if, if a, f- a film was taken of because there was no real video in those days yep. no portable video so uh the, the stories on the war you know the the various um, attacks and things were done on film mm. the film had to go from the, the war zone to saigon then be flown to hawaii where some of it went to the u.s yep. and some of it was flown to Australia, right. went through customs in Darwin, and then came to Melbourne, where it was processed, had to be processed. So yeah, that process took two or three days before. Yep. So we'd be reporting on what was going on, but, but the reports about a particular battle were three days old wow. before they went to air. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, that was monochrome, so it was uh, black, and white. black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now, of course, you can cross to just about anywhere in the world at a moment's notice. Live. Yeah, uh, and uh, but but what we're trying to do really hasn't changed. It's, we're still trying to, you know, tell the story and, and mm. be of service, and uh, and it's, so the technology's changed, the delivery systems have changed, but but actually, what we're trying to do really hasn't. Yeah, and, uh, and so. You know, there's there's much more. You know, especially I mentioned the ubiquitous smartphone. Um, people now, uh, everyone can be a pretty much a citizen journalist. So if you see something happening, you know, you mm. can get a video of it, and mm. and uh, we we get quite a lot of uh, stories sent to us that way. Something happens on a freeway or something, and uh, people have got you know actuality footage. Uh, yeah, yeah. So those things have changed, and um, the. Uh, the, the stories, you know, the, the bulletins move along much much faster, faster. than they used yeah. to. They, you know, cover much many many more things. Uh, but you know, we're still just being storytellers. Yeah. And what about like because uh, you work alongside Livinia Livinia oh, Nixon, wonderful. Yes. And, and, and Tony I mean, Jones and yeah. Alicia and all of our colleagues. They're lovely. And, and Livinia's world must have changed quite a bit with like the yes. weather, the, the weather. way the weather is presented. Because that's yes. you know it's kind of like the ball tracking at the cricket. You know, like yes. back in the day, oh, yes. <laughs> you were lucky if you could see the ball on the yep. television. But you know, all of a sudden, it's all there. But but like, there's so much more information and visualization of yes. the science compared that's to. Right. What used sure. to be there. I mean, that must have. I mean, she's standing in front of a, a green screen, right? That's right. She's standing in front of a green screen, and now there are beautiful, beautiful illustrations. Yeah. You know, a glorious picture from the bay or something. Yep. Uh, along with, you know, that reflects the weather we've had that day. And then Lavinia, uh, along with her producer, Mish, uh, they prepare the, you know, what, what's going on. And, and gosh, to tell yeah. you what, it has changed because I remember, sorry, not being meaning to be self indulgent here, but. Um, I used to, at the ABC, have to uh, fill in uh, in Townsville and Rocky, uh, Rockhampton, um, 
when their local announcer went on holiday. So I'd go there for a couple of weeks. And um, uh, to do the weather, which we, we did the weather lo- li- live and local, you had to go to the RAF base right. <laughs> and get briefed by one of their one of their weather people about what was going on and go back and try and do it justice on air. Whereas now it's, you know, it's a, you know, you've got the bureau, you know, they brief us. your stuff. Yes, exactly. So it's, it's, you know, so scientific now. And it's, uh, and of course it cover it goes into those, those other emerging um, stories like climate change, uh, you know, or, or so, so those are things that, that, you know, sort of very much, linked with with the weather reports yeah and uh, you know you you'll probably remember last week was it last week when we got to we got to 42 i was yep. driving into work and i thought oh my gosh oh yeah it is warm isn't it 42 oh well yep. never mind and by then then by the time we came off air it had dropped 15 degrees and it was quite different it was a classic uh, yeah. melbourne day wasn't it, it? Was, wasn't it oh <laughs> melbourne don't you love it yeah you don't just have the best it's wonderful. Yeah, we don't have to put up with it for long. I remember, no. I remember spending time in Adelaide and Mildura in my yeah. youth and think this this just ran for seven or eight oh, days. Oh, that's right. In Melbourne, usually, you know, if you, right. can, if you can hold on for two days... Just you, hang on. It'll could, be all right. Be we'll all right. get through it. Yes. <laughs> so in, in terms of that, the, the reporting of things like climate, I mean, mm. you know, we, we do a lot of this on the show here, but this... You know, this is getting. Is this? Do you feel this is taking up more and more news time as the impacts are piling up? I think it inevitably is, um, and it mm. and it it's it has done because you know there's all sorts of weather events uh, yep. and climate events happening around the world, as well as other huge stories that are going on. But I think it's you know it's going to be. It's inevitable, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I, th- I think. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think people who make predictions about where the news is going are very brave indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just like to just do it a day at a time. But, but I, I'm sure that that uh, that there'll be you know more and more because it's a political issue as well. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. And and do you think the the way in which we absorb news, is, especially around science? I mean, this is where we have to be really careful because mm. that kind of headline absorption, but beyond that, nothing that, yes. that happens a lot. Yeah. I mean, in science. This is really problematic, especially around things like cancer cures and that, you know, like mm. where, where often there's, you know, an exciting new drug, you know, yes. but 20 years goes past. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and actually, if you read the detail of the report, often, you know, it's not going to be as short term as it may initially appear. Mm. I mean, I mean yes. how, do, how do you sort of interact with that? Because, of course, you're, you're actually the person who leads into the stories that's, and that's then you true. rely very heavily on people watching the whole, the yes. whole thing. Well, we hope that... That you know the the stories have an impact and make mm. a difference. I mean, there have been all sorts of things along the way in Victoria, for instance, that have changed the world. Um, yep. Seat belts, nineteen seventy, yeah. right. they became compulsory. Yeah, and now and and a, a drop in death and and injury every year since then. So mm. so uh, and and even to this day, sometimes you hear about an accident where someone wasn't wearing, wearing a seat, seat belt. belt and you yeah. Think, how does how does that happen? But hopefully, you know the stories that you report on do, you know, sort of continue to do something yeah. after they've after they've been headlined and forgotten because you know the news the news process doesn't mm. like you don't stay in the in the news for long. It's like uh, well, cochlear implants. It's another big yeah. story that yeah. uh, has had a lot of you know traction in Melbourne, and yeah. I'm sure it's. I, th- I think it's. I'm sure the you know it's still doing its. 
and, doing and, work. And, I mean, you've obviously been involved in some of the big science stories that were also fairly tragic over the years. I mean, mm. the, the Challenger yes, disaster in Columbia. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, that must, uh, given, given your early interest, you know, with Sputnik mm. and so forth, I mean, reporting on that must be incredibly yes, challenging uh, on I the day. So. Yes, oh, very much so. And, and uh, you know, a big news story, whether it's science or anything else, mm. uh, especially if it's, you know, bad news. Uh, yeah does affect everybody and uh, you know when you have bushfires or floods or mm, dreadful yeah, things yeah. but but you know we have to the, the job is to is to you know you're there for the audience not yeah. for not for your own satisfaction yeah. so uh, but, but I love it when we when we report on good things Christian Barnard Right. Remember that? The heart transplant? Yeah, oh, you wouldn't yeah. remember that. You probably oh, weren't I, born. I, I know 19, I'm a bit of it. Yeah. 1967. It's a couple of years before my <laughs> I'll time. Cut only it just. Out. <laughs> only just. No, I was, uh, I was a 71 baby, so right after the seatbelts. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. I, wonder if, I wonder if there's a cause. Oh, never mind. Correlation. <laughs> I think it'd be the other way around. If there weren't seatbelts, there might be a correlation. I think maybe. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to take us into that kind of territory. <laughs> All good. Uh, we're going to play a little bit of music, Peter. Okay. We'll be back in just a moment. Sure. Triple R. Welcome back, folks. Uh, we've got about seven minutes left on Einstein and Gago. Mm. Peter Hitchener is still with me in Thank the studio. You. <laughs> Thank you for anyone who's made it through thus far. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologise for burbling on about my stuff, but thank you anyway. For oh, I thank him every show. week for listening to me. <laughs> so, but uh, you, you know, earlier you said that only a brave person would talk about the future of news. So yeah. I'm going to ask you, what, mm. I mean, where, where do you see it? going i mean it's as you say like your numbers are still strong with the yeah. standard sort of news anchor model of you know yes. the way it works i mean do you, do you think that's going to continue i mean because you know there's obviously a, a different access now that people have mm. non-stop all day yes uh it seems at this stage to still be a you know a time mm. for people to you know catch up on the events of the day yeah uh things that they may may not have heard about or you know just we try to cover all sorts of stuff and i think i think there there is a future for the, for that yeah. but there are you know there are 24 hour news channels there are all right. sorts of things yeah. around the place so yeah. so there is plenty of news available and um uh i i don't know yeah. the, it's, there's always been a role for a storyteller or a town crier right and it's sort of just the modern version of that and yeah yeah and so, it's it's interesting to say that because one of the things that you know i promote the over the years is the aspect of this for science because mm. there was probably a day when a scientist could lock themselves in a lab and, and never come out. But, no, you know, we're seeing... You would have seen this, a huge shift in the number of oh, scientists yes. communicating. Oh, absolutely. When, the, when there's a, a new successful treatment for cancer or melanoma mm. or whatever it is, uh, we have, you know, one of the eminent scientists who developed it talking about yep. it. And I've just recently read... Um, Two very interesting uh, reports about the people who developed um, vaccines for uh, COVID. They they were already uh, specialists in in that mm. in coronavirus, and and so they uh, you know they t- t- turned their attention almost on a dime. You know, I, I, one of them I was reading about in the New York Times. Um, she just heard about it. Uh, the COVID in 2019, the end of 2019, and by 2020, she early 2020, she was working on the the mm. vaccine, which you know mm. came to came to market not long afterwards. So yeah. you know, yeah. but but they are you know those stories are being told, and those stories 
are out there, so the scientists who are doing the work are actually talking about it. Yeah, which I think is a, is a model that, you know, we... You know, there's some caveats there, as in those scientists do have to do the training and so forth to be able to communicate mm. effectively. Mm. But given that, it's much better to be hearing from them directly oh, than, yes. you know, and, and for people like yourself and so forth to, to be oh, interviewing yes. them and talking to them It's directly. much better. And, and we still have – I still didn't get to ask you about the telescope, <laughs> so, yeah. which I was looking forward to well, doing because okay. I thought – Do that right now. <laughs> okay, tell us about it. Yeah, give us – now, I, I've heard this wonderful program where you have PhDs in one minute or two minutes on your – your show once a year so can i have a minute, on, a the, minute. on the james <laughs> webb telescope <laughs> well let me start with the hubble peter so yes. we we've had hubble up there now for 30 odd years 30 years yep. and the hubble sees very similar to us you know so it sees in the same sort of light frequencies as yep. us a little bit further into the infrared but but it sees very similar to us the the problem is if you want to look deep into the universe you want to be able to see through dust and materials mm. and the sort of light as you know that we see doesn't travel through that so you know it's like when you know the, i was looking at pictures the other day of the 1980s dust storm you can't see through that stuff without Wasn't that extraordinary amazing yep. sorry you can't see through that the james webb telescope views things more in the infrared in in the frequencies that travel through much of this dust so all of a sudden we're able to peer through aspects of the universe that we couldn't see before in addition to being able to it's basically a more powerful telescope so being able to look further into the universe so we're, we're looking through the crap to get the good stuff, to get the good and we're looking further back in time. Extraordinary pictures. And, you know, when you look at the whole thing with its sort of shield and so forth around it, it's you know, about the size of a tennis court. It's a big, it's a big object. So, mm. you know, the, the amazing thing about the James Webb is that it was all folded up for launch, and then it unfolded in various stages, which took oh. several months. And then once it started seeing things, now we're getting these extraordinary, extraordinary pictures mm. um, of, of the universe some of which are, you know, literally more than 10 billion years old. So this is light that started heading towards us that long ago, and now we're able to to see that. We can see it. Yeah, so it will – I mean, we're just seeing the start of things, but Mm. it's going to be some of the most extraordinary – Stuff and as Hubble has been for three decades, giving us the most extraordinary views of the of the universe. This will be even better. Yeah. Um, newer cameras, newer systems, you know, different things, but mm. it will be extraordinary. So, well, wonderful. There you go. Wonderful. Thank James you, James Webb. Oh, excellent. I think a round of applause, and I'm sure anyone listening will be applauding as well because that just says it it's, so beautifully. It's, just explains ah, it so beautifully. There you Thank go. You. I could go. Well, as you probably know, I could go on for another hour about um, yes, James Webb. So I, I would love lovely, it if you did. It's a lovely thing. Now, Peter, I have to say thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you. Apologies for not getting you back after a whole 25 years. Oh, no, I was just stirring you up about that. I'm (laughs) thrilled to have been invited back at all. It's been such a long time, and I I had a real great memory of that. So did I. I told you when when you came on, you were the most famous person I'd met to date at that point. (laughs) Fortunately, (laughs) that that record is long broken, well played. (laughs) But, but look, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's great to hear your reflections on science and hear about those early experiences you had. Uh, I hope to see you for many more years on. Thank you. On we'll the give, television, we'll give it a crack. See how we go, and um, and maybe we'll get you back again to chat to us here on Einstein as well. <laughs> Twenty-five years time, it's a date. Right. <laughs> I'm a bit worried Cheers. about myself, <laughs> folks. Uh, thanks so much for listening to Einstein and Gogo today. It has been uh, my pleasure, Dr. Shane, bringing science to you as always. We'll be back again next week. Liv's been doing our Twitter feed. Who knows what she's been tweeting that me and Peter <laughs> have been saying? It could be dangerous. Uh, we're going to hand over in a moment to the team. For from Eat It. Thanks so much for listening to Triple R. Remember, science is everywhere, and we'll chat to you again next week. Hi, this is Dr. Shane. 
Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Einstein and Gogo, a weekly radio show exploring the wonders of science and its impact on the world. Broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Einstein and Gogo's Twitter account or Facebook page.